what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to The Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to creators, entrepreneurs, hustlers, innovators, CEOs, people in and around the world that are in their thing, they're on their vibe, they're chasing something different, they are definitely in anything but status quo uh, and often misunderstood. All of you guys, we get you, so do our guests that come on the show. They took less traditional routes, often redefining industry, they changed things up a bit. They too were misunderstood at times, probably thought crazy. So we're all in good company. And that was the whole reason and the basis really of the show is to humanize that entrepreneurial journey. As you guys know, I, I, I don't like this glamorization and glorification of, of end success that you often see in media um, because it's just not really showing you the, the behind the scenes look and also humanizing and showing that like everybody goes through stuff along the way. There's, there's always something happening. And so the basis of the show was really to show you that even with the people that are coming on the show that are, they're doing well, but they're, they're, they're building. And in the midst of their building, they're learning a lot of valuable lessons that they're also sharing with you. Uh, I'm Matt Gottesman, as, as many of you know. And for those of you that are newer, because uh, I know that we've been having a, a bump in, um, in, in ratings and reviews and people come out on the show and, and more listens, really appreciate each and every one of you guys. Uh, for those of you that don't know, you can follow me at Matt Gottesman on Instagram for any uh, of the different things that I do or at HDF Magazine where a lot of the conversation around entrepreneurship is happening or at Hustle Sold Separately. Um, while there's tons of followers there, I need to <laughs> really need to get on the game of, of, of doing some more on that account. But really appreciate each and every one of you guys reaching out as well as also reaching out to uh, all the people that come on the show. You guys are really on it. So as a global community, I'm stoked uh, that we really you know, built this as a, as a tribe, a global tribe. And, you know, so do all the guests. They really appreciate when you guys reach out and say, Hey, I listen to the show and thank you so much for sharing, etc." So today we've got another, uh, awesome show. We're actually going to touch on a lot of different stuff in, in business and within the hospitality industry, which is, uh, by, in my opinion is probably, I, I'm going to get that verified, but I would think is one of the um, most on your toes, <laughs> you know, like ear to the ground, culturally relevant, having to constantly know, you know, everything that's going on both with the outer market of the customers you're dealing with and the inner environment that you're dealing with with your team and having to create that kind of environment that is also very sustainable um, because you're all having to move together and create, you know, new experiences for the customers. And so I have, I have the founder of Riot Hospitality Group, Ryan Hibbert, here in the studio and really appreciate having him. We've, we, we've had to uh, reschedule a couple of times and I, I always say that everything happens in the exact right time and this is perfect timing. Um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to queue up a little bit of his background because I want you guys to hear, I mean, this, this man comes with some serious experience and uh, they've got a, a, a ton of different venues and, and, and restaurants and concepts and things that they've created uh, and I'm familiar with most of them, but I don't know the story. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to see how much of the story we can get out of him, but more, most importantly, so he can share, you know, on this platform. Uh, as, you know, I mentioned Ryan Hibbert, founder of Hospitality Group. He knows definitely what it takes to be successful in this industry. So we're going to get a lot of really great information from him. 
Uh, and it was about in 2010 when the Arizona Native founded Riot Hospitality Group, which is a Scottsdale-based hospitality management company dedicated to evolving the typical restaurant landscape into one which provides unique and meaningful experiences. And here we are nearly a decade and 12 venues later, Hibbert and his team continue to find success in a highly, highly, highly competitive market. That's why I give him so much credit because I'm like, <laughs> as, as I actually continue to learn about this, uh, this industry over the last half a year, I'm like, whoa. I, so I give, I give anybody in this industry really thriving uh, a lot of credit. Uh, he uses a culture based on creativity mantra for the design and development of every concept. And while he backs a company with institutional funding and smart legal platforms, uh, so that's infrastructurally built like a Fortune 500 company, um, he's definitely, you know, uh, making it an environment for, thri- uh, for thriving. And he spent over a decade working in almost every hospitality position, generating a unique experience for the industry. Um, that experience, along with his knowledge of finance and real estate, has helped him create industry-leading concepts, including Dirks Bentley, a Whiskey Row, uh, El Jefe, Handcup Chop House, Farm and Craft, and Riot House. And Hibbert, along with Riot Hospitality Group, is extremely genius when it comes to uh, community involvement and, uh, and highly, highly, highly generous, too. Um, they're involved with charities like Folds of Honor, Heal the Hero, Make-A-Wish Foundation, among many others. And in addition, Hibbert dedicates his time to being a chapter member of YPO Scottsdale, the Phoenix Business Journal's uh, Valley Leaders, a board member and uh, special deputy to Sheriff's Youth Assistance Foundation, alumni member to the University of Arizona. Yes. <laughs> Bear down. Boom. Bear down. <laughs> just had to throw that out there. Just had to throw that out there. <laughs> uh, especially since I just, I just spoke. I won't. Uh, never mind. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it to that. <laughs> Ryan, thank you. Welcome to the show, man. That, that's... Uh, that's a lot of work. Well, thank you, Maddie. Thanks for having me. I, I appreciate the the invite and um, you know you taking the time to to talk about hospitality. You know, it's a it's a big deal. Obviously, I'm passionate about it in my heart. And you know, you kind of going through that 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 bio makes me feel uh, much much cooler than I actually am. So does it make you feel older too? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> exponentially. Actually, no. My my body makes me feel older than I am, but. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. No, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, so I always, uh, you know, thanks again for coming in and, sure. uh, you know, restructuring, rescheduling. And, um, I always ask the first question is always the same because I, I love, uh, the people to understand a little bit more about why we're going to be talking about, you know, these, you know, how to deal with the competition, the market and, yeah. and but staying while staying in your lane and always being innovative and how right. do you create this team and how do you, you know, all these different things that we're going to talk about. Um, but so they get a better context of where you've come from. Right. I would love for you to walk us through a little bit of the background and, you know, how we got here today. And then we're just going to go on some rants and some tears. Well, I'm kind of, you know, it's one of those things that it's the, it's the common term. I, I guess you could say common term of I'm the 15 year overnight success, right. right? You know, I spent the majority of my life working in restaurants and bars and not with the goal of becoming a hospitality owner or a restaurant business owner. Um, but more with the goal of just, Hey, this is a great job in the meantime, like most people in the hospitality from a service industry standpoint. And I did it all through high school, all through college. And the cool thing about that is I really learned, uh, from a, from a, you know, grassroots level experience and just worked my way up. You know, I did every job, right. I did the, I was the busser at, uh, you know, Maryland's Mexican food restaurant when I was sick, you know, 16, 17 years old, I was the uh, you know, the, the PF Chang's kid in, in college, you know, serving, uh, uh, serving Chinese food and that kind of stuff. And it, it really gave me the real life experience that ultimately became 
what I use now as my ability to craft the environments and the concepts that I want to be at, that I want to build. So, you know, going back, it, it, it ultimately getting through college and, and graduating from U of A, bear down. Bear down, that's <laughs> bear right. Down. That's right. Um, graduating <laughs> from U of A, you know, I was planning on going to medical school. My grandfather is actually, uh, was a physician and um, my grandfather's actually a physician, served in World War II at the Battle of the Bulge. He was a uh, he was the medic on on the field at the Battle of the Bulge and I can only imagine what that's a that big guy. Deal. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's a I can't big... even imagine, I haven't right? had that on the podcast yet, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So my hat's off to him to uh yeah, but thank you for your service to everybody out there. Um so we're we're a big military family. I mean not myself personally, but my dad and my my grandfather both on both sides and that kind of thing. So um I have a lot of respect for that. But with that said, you know, I, I was going to college to, uh, to be, go to medical school. And that was my goal. And probably about three quarters of the way through, I got kind of, uh, you know, sidetracked, I guess you could say, into the corporate business model of pharmaceuticals and biotech and all this, you know, hype of what's, what's, the, what's the easy money, right? right. Of, of just getting out of college and not Stability. having to do. Right, totally. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I graduated U of A and, and ended up getting a job and I was still working in restaurants and bars, getting that real life experience without the real kind of idea that I would end up in this, in this with a, with a full-time career in my life and moved out to Santa Monica, uh, probably 2000, 2004, 2005 ish and, uh, started working for a pharmaceutical company and it didn't really uh, last all that long. I, I, I didn't really vibe with the cor- corporate, you know, culture of kind of, uh, being in sales and, you know, cold calling and all that kind of stuff. It just, it just wasn't really me. I was a very, uh, creative, you know, entrepreneurial mind. And, and my father was an entrepreneur and, uh, you know, real estate developer. And he, he has a C, he, you know, he, he was a CPA. So he's an accountant for years and years. So he kind of, he kind of ingrained this entrepreneurial spirit in me. And ultimately, you know, it, it just, it was one of those things that after a year or so, um, I found myself enjoying, cause I was still working in the bars and restaurants on the weekends. I found myself enjoying that business better than what I had been trained to do all through my, you know, university career and that kind of thing. So ended up moving back to Arizona cause I was, you know, I'm a third generation native Arizona, mm-hmm. uh, Arizonan and, um, which is really rare, but. So I ended up moving back to Arizona because I was like, hey, this is this is probably going to be my best opportunity to to really make something of myself. Uh, I've got relationships here. I've got friends here. I've got people that I know and so on and so forth. So um, that's ultimately how I ended up back in the hospitality business after probably 10 or 15 years of, of doing it is is I kind of just didn't want to be in the corporate, you know, I don't know what you want to call it, but the the corporate kind of matrix. Yeah, of just the <laughs> just, just the sales oriented, <laughs> right, you right. know, everything is sales. Don't get me wrong, but right. um, sitting in a cubicle making cold calls, I just didn't. It just wasn't me. So um, ultimately, you know, I ended up moving back to Arizona, and that's kind of where I started my true hospitality career. And that's when I was probably in my, you know, mid to late twenties, and uh, I'd say probably two thousand five, six ish around that area. So. And then, and then, uh, and then the overnight success of Ride Hospitality Group <laughs> yeah. just happened the next day. Yeah, that? totally. <laughs> so, well, how did yeah, how did that start? Like, what what was the beginning of um, 
when you went from, all right, I'm working in the hospitality industry to I'd like to take a crack at redefining how I think it should be? So it's an interesting comment or interesting question because, um, you know, there's definitely that point, that moment of clarity in, in life. Mm-hmm. And, and I think personally, I always have my best thoughts, you know, when I'm, uh, when I'm driving or in the shower or kind of just, you know, when my mind is, is kind of concentrating on other things. And I, I get those moments of clarity and, and I can definitely pinpoint uh, that decision from I had been in the restaurant and bar business managing for probably close to about 10 years after I moved back to Arizona. And um, I was running, you know, the biggest nightclubs in town and, and doing all that kind of jazz and enjoying it, making good money doing it. Um, and I had really gotten to a point where I was like, I've... I've really kind of done, I'm, I've hit that ceiling of everything that I can do without being an owner. And, um, you know, there was, there was a, there was a place here in old town Scottsdale that, um, you know, a, a good friend of mine approached me and said, Hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking to basically develop the area and a good friend, this, his name's actually Sean Yari and he owns the W over here and he's a big developer in town. He's a good buddy of mine. And, um, you know, he approached me and he said, Hey, I like what you've done all these years. And, and why don't you come do a, a concept in my area that, that I own all this stuff. Cause I'm looking to kind of regentrify everything and, and, uh, and build the area. And I was like, man, this is great. And so I really, wrong? yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. Right. Totally. Well, it was like what, 2000, uh, probably 10, nine ish. So we we're in the, in the heart of the, just absolute low of the recession right and no one in the right mind wanted to invest in a bar or restaurant at that point and i'm just right what could go wrong (laughs) right so um so anyways i jumped in head first and i was just like you know i was headstrong and just like i knew i could do it i had the confidence of being in the industry for that many years and and i'm like man if i just have if i can build a place that i would go myself knowing that I have my finger on the pulse, I'm like, I just, I, I know that people will make it their own and it'll become something successful. So that's really probably the, the big comment here is that, is that I would say that it took the confidence in myself mm-hmm. of doing it. And once I, once I really pulled that trigger and I was like, all right, you know, we're going to sign this, this lease and we're going to have to go raise, you know, a couple million bucks and, uh, syndicate, you know, the, the opportunity without having really any, any ability or financing or, or credit or concept or anything. And I have to come up with all of it. Uh, you know, it was a, it was a big risk and yeah, you know, yeah, I, absolutely. Especially since it's new territory. Right. But I do, uh, maybe it's just, I'm, I'm complimenting the situation, but I do like the fact that you were as prepared as you could be for that next step. Right. Because you'd already been in the industry. There's no really nice way, easy way into the next level other than just being thrown right at that next level because yep. you've already reached the capacity that you could possibly reach in the previous level. Right. Right. And that was a hundred percent. That's, that's absolutely accurate. I think that, you know, you get to a point in life where you have to make a decision, you know, it, do I stay here or do I you know, forge forward? Mm-hmm. And ultimately it's up to you to make yeah. that decision. And do I start my own business or do I not? Do I take the risk? Do I not? Mm-hmm. And ultimately I've always been that person that's willing to be the risk taker 
and you know knock on formica <laughs> it's worked out but right. it definitely hasn't been with its tough uh you know journeys and things like that so but to kind of go back to your comment um you know the overnight success thing is that basically i i had taken the 10 or 15 years of experience of working in restaurants and working in nightlife both and put them together and the business model that I wanted to create didn't really exist back then. And now you see it all over the place because it's become obvious. But I looked around in the, in the restaurant bar business and I'm going, there's been no evolution whatsoever in this industry for 50 years. Yeah. I'm like, you've got you know, a standard restaurant over here that monetizes probably from 5 p.m. till 9 p.m. five days a week, right? So probably 20 hours a week. Then you've got a nightlife that monetizes from 11 p.m. till 2 a.m., probably two or three days a week. And I'm sitting here going, man, if you could put those two together and make and, you know, I mean, it's kind of coined a hybrid concept. But I, I think that that concept is kind of generic and cheesy. But, you know, it's basically it's an operational style that I that I feel like I really uh, that I really developed in in Scottsdale, Arizona, in the hospitality industry that now has been emulated all over the country. But. Ultimately, I took those two business models and I merged them together. Yeah. And I said, hey, if I can monetize a restaurant hourly and I can monetize a nightlife hourly and smush them together, now I just doubled the amount of time I can make money in a single business. Yep. Now, listen, you're not, you're not doing you know, three, four million bucks a year. You might be doing seven, eight million dollars a year in one location out of 4,000 square feet because you're doubling your, your, your yeah. top line revenue. So Efficient. Right. Efficiency. <laughs> so that was my goal. And that's really where I felt like my confidence came from because I'd had all the experience of, of working in the businesses in the past to see what works and what didn't, you know? And if I didn't have that experience, I don't think that I would have been able to really understand the psychology behind the operations in the way that I did. Cause I'm going, Hey, if I do this, I know it'll work. You know, I just have to mold it this way. No, so. it's, it's actually, it's, I think it's, it's perfectly well put because of that. Um, what people don't understand is the connecting of the dots, the things that are happening before the things that sometimes we create and all of that experience that's necessary. I mean, I always praise the young, young, young entrepreneurs that just right out the gate. I mean, they really nailed it. You know, the, the rare few that really nailed it. But for the most part, the experience that we get to take to mold into new things that didn't either exist in the market before yeah. or just <laughs> help streamline things that we want to do in you know in new ventures as we get older right you know so um and you're right i mean i you you, you do see the concept now a little bit like miami vegas uh la yeah. right but you guys are all really the first like to kind of do it all yeah. of like uh, in around the country because going back you know that 10 15 years everybody must have thought you guys were crazy when you first were were launching and you know that uh, did did you get that by the way did you get people like the the excuse me the traditionalists that saw nightlife as nightlife and restaurant as restaurant which i <laughs> i see the rationality of yeah. like why wouldn't you have done that but right. then again the whole we're, if we're going back to the beginning of the show where you said i didn't think corporate i didn't think normal yeah <laughs> i see like i see the angles i always wonder how the rationality is like lost from people and like how did you not see that concept yeah before? i mean 10 years yeah. ago the vision of of the general public wasn't there 100 yeah. yeah and ultimately you know I remember a guy walked into, uh, you know, what ended up being El Jefe Scottsdale was our first concept or mm -hmm. my first concept that I built for Riot Hospitality. And, um, you know, the guy walked into the location and goes, a Mexican food restaurant 
in the middle of the recession, the ball's on you, you know, <laughs> and I'm going, I don't really see it that way, right. you know, and right. because if you really have an idea of what we're going to try to do yeah. monetarily and, you know, the economics of the business, I don't think that, but it's just, it's the, it's the, it's the thought process of, uh, uh, you know, the, the kind of closed minded, well, this is the business model. Right. And there's no other opportunities. Right. You know, just like you said, like the young guys and, you know, the Instagram guys, the influencers that are crushing it right now. Um, you know, some of those guys have just absolutely created an entire new monetization of business. And, you know, I'm, I'm good friends with a few of them and, and, uh, a couple of those guys, I'm just like, man, my hat's off to you, Mm -hmm. you know, making 15, $20 million in less than five years. And, and, uh, you know, really setting themselves up for a lifetime of success because of it, just because they saw, you know, the, the, the future kind of before other people did. And that's how I felt like that, that, that I was, and I was lucky enough to kind of be able to have that vision and even, and even the, you know, kind of smart enough to execute it. But I definitely had, you know, a team that helped me get there. I mean, that, that was, that's been a big piece of this is that I've surrounded myself with the right people at the right times. And without them, I, I would be, you know, a one man band doing graphic design and, you know, trying to, trying to do everything on your own, which you can't at this level, you can't, you know, you can't do that. So the team has been hugely important. How quickly when you were brought into that, um, scenario with the first vent, you know, the first venture, if you will, did you start bringing on a team? Uh, that's a good question. So, I mean, basically we would, so I, I've been, really blessed at being able to build a business organically. And by that, I mean, the business has shown me, you know, I've been obviously very in tune with it, but the business has shown me, Hey, I need this department right now. Right. And so once I figured out and I see that kind of clarity of like, Hey, this department is needed to be built. Uh, I go out and I hunt and I find, you know, the, the absolute best and highest, uh, qualified person for that department head position. And then I empower them, you know, I empower the shit out of them and really trust the fact that they're going to be, you know, efficient and, uh, hardworking and so on and so forth. So ultimately building that, you know, bringing the people from the beginning, um, it's, it's been organic, you know, it, I, I mean, there's been little people that have kind of, uh, been, really strategic, you know, the, the marketing and in design department has been there from the beginning. I mean, that's something that we implemented right off the bat and you know, there's store level, basically what it is that there's store level expenses that once you start to grow and you become, you know, multi, multi unit, um, you have store level expenses that will cost you less money. If you take that store level expense and you bring it into a corporate type of, uh, you know, uh, entity, I guess you could say. And that corporate entity all of a sudden can do spent, you know, that graphic design department can spend 20% of their time on this store, 20% of their time on that store. And then they can bill accordingly contractually. And, um, that's something that, you know, now all of a sudden that single store, instead of paying a hundred percent of that person's time is only paying for 20%, but they're still getting the output of a hundred percent of what they need. And so ultimately, you know, I'd say the marketing, graph design, the accounting and the legal were probably the first three departments that I, that I, 
you know, kind of honed in on. And that goes back to kind of the, the beginning statement that you said that, you know, building an institutional platform for this business was my goal from the beginning. And that institutional platform has allowed me to get lending, senior debt lending, to, to be able to have conversations with, you know, institutional investors, with landlords, because our documents and our, our legal and our accounting are so good and they're so clean and they're so, I mean, they're ready at the drop of a hat, real-time uh, financials that, that ultimately, without that, I don't think people take you seriously, you know, so... Those, those details, because um, I preach that all the time when, when building a, a brand uh, and having a solid foundation, it's all those foundational elements, all of the, the legal and the trademarking. Totally. What do you potentially see you want to do in the, in the future? How many different trademarks do you want now? Do you want to do a, an intent to use for a trademark for something as a concept you might want to use in the future to, you know, how's your accounting set up yep. and your bookkeeping? How organizes that, and then at the end of the year, isn't it nice to take those bookkeeping, you know, the bookkeeping, and saying to your attorney, like, I need you to do my taxes now. You know, yeah. well, I, I always use the tax attorney, but you know, things like that. Just it's those little details, and that's why I, people always ask, like, what does it mean to embrace the process, to enjoy the process? And I'm like, that's just it. That's what it is. It's like I always give the analogy of a car, of a garage. It's like, well, I mean, you know, when Ferrari was building Ferrari, they like, like. We need an engine. Yeah. <laughs> we need, then we need like the interior. I mean, they they actually just right. Took, they start from the chassis up. Yeah. Yeah. You Go know. On. No. 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 That's that's. I, so I I appreciate when I was uh, reading that about you. I, I appreciate the fact that the foundational elements are what is because then you're not building a house of cards. You're you're building a totally. solid structure for something to you know be here for a long time. And that was the big that was the big component you hit you kind of hit on a. Uh, a few times is uh, is the trademark and the intellectual property. Right. So the intellectual <laughs> property is what most young entrepreneurs don't understand. Yep. They don't get <laughs> that the intellectual property is your business. Yeah. I mean, that is the meat and potatoes of your business. And when I started Riot Hospitality Group, the first thing I did is I went out and I trademarked federally every single, yep. every single thing that's rattling around in my head that's going, hey, this is a good you know, concept idea. This is a cool name. And as soon as we had opportunity to build something, then I executed on the, on the, on the, uh, trade dress of it. And now looking back, had I not done that, you know, our brands would be, would be watered down, you know, the everyday stuff that you see on every corner. I mean, I, I don't want to go into specific people, but you know, I mean, <laughs> I you, you. you see things yeah, that yeah. like, Hey, there's this business in five different cities with five different owners that are the right. same name because no one felt it important to trademark their specific business name because one, they probably just didn't understand it or two, they just weren't savvy enough to, to really do it. And, and, you know, for the success of their business. So, you know, things like whiskey or, I mean, we've been, we've been in numerous litigation, you know, fights with names like Hefe and whiskey row and names that are synonymous with, with successful brands. I mean, you know, people have asked me numerous times, how did you trademark whiskey row? I mean, how is that even possible? And it's, it comes from the experience and the knowledge of, of, of building a business of going and just doing the work, you yeah. know, digging in and being like, okay, what's, what am I trying to build right now? You know, I'm trying to build a country music concept, uh, with Dirk Bentley and, and you know, what, what's indicative of, of, you know, a, a concept that, that by the way, I grew up in Arizona 
you know, my, my grandfather worked for, you know, my, not on my dad's side, but my mom's side worked for Arizona public service for 35 years and retired in Prescott. So I lived in Prescott for a lot of summers when I was a kid, you know, grew up on whiskey row, had my first beer, you know, up there. And what, what better Arizona concept than whiskey row for a country music right. brand, you know, than, than something that, um, that I love. And I've personally been involved with since I was, you know, 10, 12 years old. And ultimately, you know, so that's exactly where I went with that stuff is I went to my personal experiences and, uh, you know, Jefe, El Jefe is the same, same way I used to go to spring break down in Rocky and, Point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Puerto Penasco. Yeah. Puerto Penasco. <laughs> Back when there was mobile homes on the beach. And right. I remember you could drive to the reef with you, with your car and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> hold on to the back and, yeah. and pray for dear life. You're yep. not falling off the bumper. And I've, you know, but that, that's the kind of stuff. I mean, you know, I go down to Rocky point when I was a kid and everyone, you know, in, in, in Mexico is, says, Hefe this, Hefe that, Hefe right. this. Right. And you know, you go down there as a white guy, Hey, Hefe, Hey, yep. that kind of stuff. And, yep. um, you know, so when I was, you know, concepting the Mexican food restaurant, I mean, as a media, it was just like El Hefe. And then you start doing the research, right? Yeah see if it's taken, seeing if that name's available. And, and then when you kind of find that, Hey, it's, it might be, but it might be a little bit of a fight. Right. You might have to do some, some block and tackle. And then, you know, you get your attorneys involved and that kind of stuff. And ultimately, I mean, I cleared, literally cleared out the entire El Jefe oh, wow. federal database. Like because, all 45 categories I mean, or whatever it is, basically, or many, you know, that, that are the most applicable ones, all of them. Well, yeah. for bar and restaurant, not all the 45 gotcha, categories, that, yeah. but for a bar and restaurant, because ultimately what ended up happening is that, you know, people, uh, people file stuff and oh, then yeah, it goes yeah. dormant and oh, then yeah. they lose it and then their business quits or whatever, what have you. So there's always these remnants of trademarks yeah. all over the place. And it's just a matter of, can you figure out the trademark that is gettable and is good enough for what you want? And ultimately, yeah, we ended up clearing out El Jefe completely for our category. Yeah. And, um, that was because, you know, there was people that had used it in the past and, yep. and we had to do some battling to get there. You know, it wasn't an easy, it, it's not like, Hey, I just going to name something El Jefe and I got it. You know, yeah. that's not how it works. And I think that that's probably something that, that younger people don't really get either. Is it, is it even, even getting to a point to start your business is difficult. And, um, you know, if you don't have your ducks in a row, you can get, you can get, you know, uh, your, your legs chopped out before you even start. Yep. Yeah. And you can end up, there's a couple of businesses over here in Scottsdale that, you know, operated for a couple of years and then had to change their name halfway through to something totally different yeah. because they didn't realize that that name was already in existence somewhere else. And, um, that's really detrimental for talk, your business. Talk about a rebrand. I, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I always, everybody listening, look, go on to uspto.org right now. <laughs> Go on every social media channel. So whatever it is, start with USPTO and just look up, you know, your search test, T-E-S-S on your trademark search. There yep. you go. Like, and it's, it's quick. It's easy. Go look at all the names of whatever it is that you're creating. And then that way, you know, yep. you get an idea of what's taken, what's not. And, you know, what is in the gray area of like, because somebody else might have something similar. Like I, right. like I have Hustle and Deal Flow for HDF Magazine. I have Hustle and Deal Flow. Well, Hustle yeah. and Flow was a movie that came out. And Hustle and Flow didn't even trademark that. Yeah. Somebody, uh, uh, cycling, like right, the, like, really? a, not like a soul cycle, but yeah. kind of like, I was like, that's genius. Yeah. <laughs> but they did it, they did it obviously for other categories. But 
yeah, so there's, you know, uh, it's easy to, to go look at the chair. And if you think that you're not going to use it, believe me, you are. Because I actually had to, I had to exercise a, a, one of my federal trademarks uh, for the show. And Apple and uh, YouTube and everybody took down immediately somebody else using a similar name. And they were highly influential. But they didn't, do, they didn't do their... <laughs> their due diligence. I'm like, yeah. how did you guys? With like, I have a large following, but they yeah. really were like, how did you guys not look that up? That's interesting. So yeah, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's just it's you're right. It's good to, it's good on the reverse too of when you do have to exercise your trademark because you're like, listen, <laughs> you know, I'm cool with you guys doing whatever you do. You just can't do it in this capacity. Yep. You know, you can protect yourself. Exactly. So it's 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 great to also exercise it too. Yeah. You know, uh, I did. You know, when you were talking about El Jefe, I was thinking about you know, it isn't just a a Mexican restaurant, in my opinion, because like the the design and the environment and the experience and the music and the the staff and the, like you really do create it into uh, what's a good analogy? It's an experience. It it, it is it yeah. is a really good experience. I was trying to come up with an analogy for an experience, but I don't want to do that because I don't want to sway either way. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it it really is. And and so like and by the way, everybody listening, if you get, I mean, kind of an idea. <laughs> Because I don't want to compare you to anybody, you know, but it's like, you know, when you, you see those like amazing uh, like restaurant um, slash, you know, nightclub, uh, Vegas, Miami. I'm not going to name any names because I want to keep our guests at the top <laughs> of that list. But people usually know, you know what I mean? But it's uh, it's that kind of a- like atmosphere. Like there's a lot of details that go into yeah. that. Um, do you ton of detail. and you guys like every so ever so often you re up the the remodeling of it as well you keep the brand name which i think is so uh important like you don't because back in the day in new york what i remember they used to do is um so they just same owners they just churn out a new uh a new concept and a new name same location every uh 12 to 18 months yeah. knowing that people's attention span goes but now i believe in building the name for the long haul but constantly keep in, reinvigorating and reinnovating the the brand for the experience so people just keep coming back. Totally. Right. The, I mean, the brand is, is just like we were talking about. The brand is your value. And I, I believe in, in longevity that you build from the beginning and, and you can pivot your brand, in my opinion, easier than you can build a new brand. Yeah. Yes. You know, and someone that's just going to kind of chop. And you're absolutely right. 10 years ago, seven years ago, people were very, they're, the brands weren't as important. Right. I felt like you know. I mean, people were kind of like, yeah, I'll name my, I'll name my restaurant. You know, uh, John. You know, John's great. You know, great whatever tacos. And it's kind of like just thinking, who cares? Right. Um, you know, the next in five years from now, I'll remodel name it something else. And there have been successful business stories of you know that where the branding and the name doesn't really matter, but. I'm definitely not one of those people. I think the branding and the name is is the that is the that's the guts. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and uh, plus operations, but that's you know. Of course, of course. Yeah. Well, you know, a brand needs its entire uh, yeah. infrastructure to run totally. <laughs> with all the totally. right people. You know. Yeah, but I, I'm 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 glad you bring that up. It, it's true because uh, you want a name to be synonymous with an experience, and you want um, totally. and then you want people to go. No, no, I'm going there because it's that versus like the kind of fleeting. Oh yeah, we'll try something new. We'll try this. We'll try that. No, the consistency of that brand over there is I. I mean, yeah, I might try other things, but I always know what I'm going to get out of that brand. Totally. You mm-hmm. you want the people that go. This is where I go. Yeah. Like yeah. I am El Jefe. Right. You know, this is my concept. This is what I would build if I built something, and that's what I tried to tried to do. And and ultimately, 
you know, you don't want to cannibalize yourself when you build new businesses. So the whole idea is to, is to bring net new customers to your business and try to continuously redo that cons that, that environment over and over again, if you can. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, I've, I've been pretty successful at that and, and I've, I, I, give a lot of that success to my experience in, in, in my life of, of just being immersed in the industry and, um, and also learning, I mean, just taking the time to learn, but, but yeah, the brand is the guts and, uh, it, it's a, it's a cool thing to, to look back now and be like, wow, that's, we built that. That's, that's, that's pretty fucking cool. You know, I mean, it's not something that at the time you're kind of sitting there going, Oh, this is a cool, cool idea. And then to see the idea come to fruition and then become a national kind of a nationally known thing, um, you know, like Dirks was on Good Morning America last uh, two weeks ago or something. I think Robin could tell me better time. But uh, by the way, I got our wonderful PR gal here, Robin Moore, who does not want to be on the show with me. She straight shot me down. So <laughs> but she has been on before. Yeah. If I knew the episode number off the top of my head. Yeah, which she does not. Uh, <laughs> but if she looks it up right now, <laughs> she's put her amazing skills uh, with Matt before. And uh, but I, I was trying to get her on to be a bit of a talk show. Yeah. And um, she's just I, I don't know. She's over there. Two forty three. Episode two forty three. Everybody. There you go. Episode two forty three. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I uh, we, we, we were talking about um, the, the brand being the guts, and then yeah, and then the experience. Oh right, and, so. And, Dirks was on Good Morning yes, America yes. probably um, about two weeks ago and, or three weeks ago. Good Morning America. Yeah. That's and, awesome. Yeah. I mean, Dirks is the guy. I yeah. mean, he's, he's really, he's, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, I'm a big Dirks fan. Yeah. And uh, even though, you know, we're part business partners together, but that guy is the salt of the earth and really, really treats people the right way. And, and he's just a genius with his music. You know, yeah. I mean, his music is incredible. He's, he's, uh, He's just, he's got this creative aspect. <laughs> he's got this creative aspect behind him that, that just is untouchable. I mean, the guy, the guy's a writer. He's, he's, he's a business entrepreneur. He's, I mean, he runs, he, he just runs the show. I mean, he is, he's the guy. He's one of those guys that kind of like, um, you know, on, on the uh, comedians with cars, uh, you know, getting coffee yeah. that we were talking about earlier. Um, you know, the Seth Rogen was kind of like, Hey, I, you know, you seem like talking to Jerry. He's like, you seem like a guy that's very good at being famous. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, I'm not good at being famous. Like, I'm good at what it took me here to get famous. Right, right. But I'm not good at being that famous guy. And it's two different categories. That's true. And um, Dirks is both. You know, Dirks is yeah. good at what he does to get famous, and he's also the good famous guy. Like, he's 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 a really really professional. Like the kind of stuff, and and. Uh, schedule that he does is it's unbelievable anyways i i'm no I'm no no, off topic, I, no I, is there really ever are we really ever off yeah. topic though no, that's that's the thing like i said i, I was saying uh, everybody listening i was saying before the show that um it's like two people having coffee and then the rest of the world gets to kind of listen in on like yeah. a, an intense conversation but no i i do i like what you brought up about Derek Bentley because um i think it's very important that we're living in an age where and i preach this often that we are multifaceted we're multidisciplinary we do do different things, you know. Sometimes the, the the old traditional model was to put people into a box, 
But, you know, it's like on one hand, you're a restaurateur. On another hand, you're a, a company owner. On another hand, yeah. you're a marketer. On another hand, you're a brander. You're a brand builder. You're a real estate developer. You're a finance guy. Like, that's yeah. the part that people don't understand because they're like, what's this with the social media and podcasts? I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, I just wanted media. I'm like, right. that's separate, you know. Totally. And so it's like, and then like, so you do this with this business and, you, you know, you have that business. It's like, it's just... It's hard, I think, sometimes for people to understand. It's like, well, as long as it's all the things that you love to do and, it, and you're in your lane and then you're working with other really great people on all those things, you know, because we can't do anything alone. Totally. You know, so I, I like that you bring it up. Uh, and then I also like the fact that you were saying what it took him to build and then how he didn't change Edward's. Like, no, I'm just purpose driven. I'm just now, now that I'm famous, I'm still building more things and with other people such as yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, so it's kind of, go back to our story that he was talking about whiskey row on good morning America. And it's just, it was so cool to see, um, you know, the brand being recognized on such a national level. And, you know, the, you know, I, I don't know if it was Strahan or, or Hoda or whoever, but they're, they're kind of like, Oh yeah, whiskey row. Yeah. We've been there. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. pretty cool feeling to be like, Hey, this is something that came out of my brain at some point. Right because of my personal experiences throughout my life. Yeah. And, um, and you know, I was able to protect it and cause we have been in some litigation, like we talked about with whiskey row, probably more so than Hefe. Um, and we've had to protect the brand yeah. and, you know, cause that's a, that's a pretty well-known, uh, name and, and concept. And it's something that, you know, it's same, same kind of deal. We have now cleared out basically the, uh, the category for ourselves and it, we went back and now no one, pretty much no one can touch it. Right. You know, it's ours. And, but it took about five or six years of, of, you know, kind of, I don't want to say battling, but you know, I mean, it took work five or six years of work to get that to a point where it was solely ours with no one touch can touch it. And that's what really, really good names are, you know, right. really good concepts and things like that. But yeah. Do you think that, um, when occurrences happen like that, um, there's a subtle confidence in that everything will work out well because you took the time to put the foundational elements into place. Because then you're, totally. you feel a little bit more like, I've done all that I can do. So at least, you know, I've done what I could do yeah. to make this um, preferably and hopefully go my way. Totally. Versus the scrambling of, you know, where emotion can kick in in business if you weren't prepared. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, totally. You got you to gotta protect yourself. I right. Mean, that is that is one oh one in business these days. And unfortunately, you know, our, our and you know, I not to not to go in politics and stuff, but our society has gotten to a, a place where everyone is is definitely pretty cutthroat. Yeah. And yeah. they're definitely willing to skirt, you know, reality and facts and truth and and it's it's pretty disheartening to see, quite frankly, because I consider myself a very ethical and morally uh, you know, high high person um you know i i don't i don't mess around with with you know the the gray i'm i'm black right. or white i mean right. I, I and that's how i run my business and ultimately i think our society has gotten to a point where there's a lot of people that are trying to operate in the gray you know because they see obviously some of our leaders and things like that doing it so but i I'm, i don't want to get into that topic but um yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's something that you need to be prepared in your in your business and your professional life and your personal life to protect yourself and um, and your business because as a successful entrepreneur, there will be people that will attack you. 
Yeah. It will happen. Right. And if you're not protecting yourself at some point, then you'll either one, you'll have to write them some big checks or it could cost you, you know, parts of your business or your whole business if you're not careful. And ultimately I, I, I feel that I have the confidence and the ability, um, you know, if, if I did have to rebuild, it would be pretty easy for me because I found this little niche and I figured it out. And like, right. it's the, per, it's the business owner that's figured out that little widget and knows how to make a lot of money doing that one little piece. Yep. And I'm, I'm that guy for that, for my little niche. So, you know, but on the flip side, you don't want to have to do that if you don't have to. And so protecting yourself on the, on the back end is, is really important. And, and that goes into the, the legal side of, of, you know, the legal platform of it, every business. And, you know, I've got a tremendous legal team that that's absolutely, I mean, some of the best people around and they know their stuff. So, you know, we, we definitely, we're, we're liability protected. We mitigate every aspect of our business as much as we can, you know, yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be, uh, unknowns that, that get oh, thrown at you, but there's always unknowns. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. life, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I like that you brought up, uh, morals and values and, um, uh, integrity and honesty, I think are very, they're the pinnacle of, um, how you can actually also operate black and white, because if you know where your integrity lies and you're just honest and direct and in a manner that's, um, also respectful, I'm not saying you don't have to worry anymore, but I'm just saying that like, at least everybody and everything knows where you're coming from. Totally. Um, and, and again, with the keyword though, that was in there was also respect. So it's honesty plus respect, not just yeah. like, let me just say this. And then therefore I'm right. <laughs> it's yeah. like, no, this is how I'm trying to operate from a very ethical, moral standpoint. Uh, yeah. Gray people, a lot of people, it, it's interesting that people, the, I find that people operate in the gray, especially in business um, to make it sway. Like, it's like you can tell the story, any kind of story you want in your mind to make it sway your way. And I'm I'm just a big proponent of we, we either we all win or I'm not in. That's yeah. like my line. We're either all win or I'm not in. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. Know? I like that. You know what I mean? That's, that's good. It's being trademarked. Um, so <laughs> 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 just kidding, sort of. So uh, <laughs> no, I uh, um, yeah, I've been made a business of like trademarking everything these days. So that's right? why that's why that really yeah. it, that really actually hit my my heart well um, because of it, it's true. Like every time I have a new concept, I'm like. All right, intent to use. You know, my lawyer taught me the whole intent to use. Yeah. Like, even if you're not even ready for it, it's like, do you think there's a good possibility? I'm like, there's a seventy percent chance. He's like, do you want to do it? I'm like, yeah, yep. <laughs> totally. So it's yeah. it's so worth it. And and if you know what you're doing, yeah. The the thing is that you know you don't have to pay twenty five thousand dollars to an IP attorney. Like you can have a good IP attorney that can just be facilitative, like you're talking about, yeah. and and you know make the reservations or make the filings for you. And oh, yeah. you know, you're 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 able to do it on a shoestring budget as, as opposed to uh, people that don't really understand how to build a business yeah. that, I've, you know, I've literally, my, my, uh, my attorney that does all like the, the trademark and all that stuff, uh, does he, he'll hook anybody that I refer up. Be like, it's like, it's like under a thousand, it's like nine, 800 bucks. Like do the whole trademarking process. I'm like, go find that anywhere. Yeah. And they're like, and then, and then they go and try somewhere else and then they do something like <laughs> cost me a lot of money. I'm like, yeah, there's also a lot of people who don't listen in business that yeah. <laughs> they like, if you ask for help, <laughs> yeah. you, which I'm a proponent of ask for what you don't know, you know, and, and, um, you also brought up your team earlier about, um, you know, they're all, they're all very empowered. I'd also like to, I mean, are they, how do you feel about, um, cause I'm a big proponent of, I want you to be so unbelievably smart that in the process of what you're doing, you're also teaching me in your world what's going on. I mean, I still like a visionary role. Right. But I love when they're so smart. They're like, you know, 
for what you're trying to achieve. If you did this, this, and this from a marketing standpoint or from this from a, you know, an accounting standpoint, or, you know what I mean? Like right. where it's like, I didn't know that. But totally. that's what you want. You know, the reason I bring that up is because uh, when I did some stuff with Louis Vuitton Moe and Hennessy at Krug, there, there was a genius guy, that, like, the, the type of person that he always says like the one-liner that's like a lesson. And I was like, I have no idea like why I'm here. I like know nothing about champagne. He's like, I know nothing about digital and, and that whole side of tech. So I guess we both have something to learn. He's like, my job is to have no job in so many years that you make it obliterate, uh, you like obliterate it because it's like you're, you, you hire really smart people who know the things you don't to make the magic happen that you want your vision to achieve. It's interesting. You know? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I totally get where you're going. And I mean, you're the owner. He was, he was more of like the, the director level, yeah. but it was a very interesting, he was just like, you hire people to make the magic of your vision. I'm right. like, yeah, that's true. He's totally. Like, right? Hundred percent. I mean, that, that that you hit the nail on the head because if you don't have that creative input, there's only so much you can do on your own. Right. And the creative input helps your creative juices flow. Yes. And then you can help direct and manage and you know drive the ship in the in the way that you feel like it should be driven. Because ultimately, if it's your business, it's your ship that you're driving. Yeah. Now, if people don't agree with you doesn't really fucking matter. It's your business. You know I mean? And ultimately, if you want to see this business get built over, you know, here and, and, and be an influencer market or hidden marketing, et cetera, et cetera. Or if you don't give a shit about that and you're more interested in, you know, being a, a, a retail products driven business, um, you know, you're the one that's going to make that decision. Yes. Now, if you have the right people working with you, then, they can facilitate you driving that decision and becoming successful in whichever way that you want to go. But you need to find as a business owner, the right people to yes. get you there. Cause if you're picking an influencer marketer to help you build a retail based business, they're probably not going to do the best for you. And you're going to spend a lot of your time spinning your wheels, you know, trying basically doing the work yourself, right? Which ends up screwing you and, and putting you in a position where you become the one man band again, and that's ultimately, you know, the death of any business really, quite frankly, is just, is just in a place where, you know, you're, you're acting in, in other people's capacities and doing the work for them because then ultimately you just, you burn yourself out. Yeah. So, no, I think that's so well put the, uh, the relationship goes both ways. Like as a visionary, they may not see, you know, what is this person re- like, totally. I, I, I kind of get it. So, but as a, um, as a master of their craft, I'm going to make sure that to carry out what he, what he as the visionary is trying to do, that I use all the things in my tool belt that make that happen that he didn't know existed of, uh, in terms of a set of tools totally. or certain marketing techniques or a certain whatever that make that happen um, because I want to see what he comes up with with this like you know entire kingdom and empire. You know, so yeah. the relationship goes go both ways yeah. because they're relying on your what nobody else can see, and you're relying on them to be like, hey, use the things that I didn't even realize exist to make that happen. As a business mm-hmm. owner, you want to give them a product that's nice and wrapped with a nice little bow and a package, and go, all right, now go operate and build this for me, yeah. and I'll help you from now on but I'm going to do everything I can to basically facilitate this beautiful little package, which is a operational business that now you just need to operate or you just need to build with me and for me and that kind of thing. And that's ultimately what I do is I go out and I do everything possible to solidify, 
you know, the, the, the development of the concept, the development of the location, the syndication of the finance, uh, the financing, you know, the raising capital, the, um, you know, the leasing, the, I mean, all those things that go into the base level platform of the business, the accounting, all this stuff. And then basically I go to my team with this nice little bow and this package and I say, all right, now we got this great location and, you know, it's basically funded. It's concepted. It's ready to go. The floor plan's done. The construction's, you know, 80% finished. And, you know, it's now your time, like, you know, tag you in. And I've got a team that is absolutely so high level and so incredible um, you know, I'll speak to a couple of them. The guy named Justin Cohen specifically that you, you had met, um, is our chief operating officer. And he's a guy that has just absolutely tremendous background. He came from, uh, PF Chang's and, um, Gordon Biersch and Sam Fox and all these different, you know, wonderfully ran companies, uh, in operations that ultimately when he came to us as the, as the COO, um, he was just operating on all cylinders. I right. mean, that guy can can operate a PL like no one's business. You know, I mean, he can grind down mid period. Uh, you know, if a company is looking to to end a period in the in the red, and he can grind it down and get it back to where it's at least flat for the period. Because you know, a business is is a living, breathing thing. Yeah. And yeah. you know, but on the flip side, on the on the high side, you know, he can we can also be operating at a twenty five or twenty seven percent net mid period. And then all of a sudden he can go and, and get it up to a 32 or 35% net right. for the period. And so he's so, he's so capable of operating the financial side of the, of the business um, that all I need to do is have meetings with him and say, listen, I need payroll at this level, at this percentage point. And he makes it happen. And ultimately he has the downstream, you know, management from him that he can go down and he can tap this guy and the operations and that guy in operations, the director was over here and that sort of thing uh, to where, you know, we, we've got a guy, for example, named Sonny Thurman, that's an operations director that, that just absolutely crushes it. Uh, you know, we've got an entertainment director, the DJ diesel absolutely crushes it. I mean, our, you know, on down the list, these people that are just at T, this gal, Tina Petrie, that does our special events. I mean, she, she, she sold over a million dollars last year just in special events um, in, in all of our locations. And, and special events and, and corporate events are hard to sell. Yeah. I mean, it's not something that you just cold call and say, and, you know, and, the, and she did, she did over, over a million bucks last year. And it's just absolutely incredible to see that, that level of uh, productivity and, and, and operational savvy in our team. But ultimately, you know, I mean, without them, and I, I really base a lot of I'm pretty much most of my success in the business operations economically with my team. You know, it, it, I don't think that I don't think that I would have been able to. Well, I'll back up a little bit. Surrounding myself with with that team has allowed me to grow at yep. the pace that I've grown. And these people are so good at what they do. I think they're the best in the business, quite frankly, and that I can add a new location, a new project, a new, uh, you know, a new business, quite frankly, um, to our, you know, to our bag of tricks and they can come in and operate it and make it run so well. And ultimately that's been one of my gifts is just, is just being able to work with such high level people and such efficient people and so many good people that ultimately that's, that's, 
that's really kind of why I take my hat off too, you know, is, is, and, and, and believe me, I take care of them. Like I do everything I can to make sure that they're getting smart, man. They're, you know, <laughs> they're getting the salaries and the bonuses and, yeah. you know, to my own, to my own, uh, you know, to my own, I don't want to say detriment cause it's not really detriment, but to my own, you know, fact that I don't make as much as I is, as I could be making because I do want to take care of these people yeah. and I do want them to have, uh, you know, a successful life and a fruitful life with their families. And, and that's one thing that people don't really understand is when you employ someone, you're employing their family. Yeah. You know, you're taking yeah. care of their, their kids, their dog, their, their spouse, you know, husband, wife, whatever it may be. And, um, you know, people don't really realize that, that when people really invest the time to work and, uh, build themselves into a company and trust you as a leader, as a business owner. I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of, uh, responsibility yeah. that people don't really think about when they want to open a business and they're all gung ho and that right. kind of stuff. And those are the kinds of things, like you said, that you have to think about when you're, when you're starting a business is that how are the people that work for you going to get taken care of, um, long-term, and those are things that, you know, even, even going that route, that route, I mean, we're probably one of the few bar and restaurant hospitality businesses that that's more bar heavy that has the 401ks and the, you know, the, the, um, the investing opportunities that, that we do the matching and all that kind of stuff. You know, most, most bar businesses just don't have that kind of stuff. So that goes back to that institutional platform that I set up way back when, um, that's really helped Smart. kind of bring the, the high level people such as Robin Moore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I, I give a lot of respect, <laughs> a lot of respect for what you're saying too, because, um, I'm always surprised when I see, um, more, uh, I don't want to say traditional corporate cause that's not fair either, but, um, certain environments, corporate environments that when they get rid of the talent that has been doing such a, a good job for why they're at where they are at. And then you, you see it every time. What happens when they get rid of the talent? Totally. And in ego or title, uh, I, I've, I guess I, I've seen it a little bit. And then I've, I've, you know, then when you also hear from other people and you see it, it, it just is so unfortunate because like they built your, they're part of your infrastructure. And when people are so good, like celebrate them yep. and take care of them. And totally. Either we all win or I'm not it. <laughs> you know, so I, I just a lot of respect for 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 doing that and just honoring your people. I think that's uh um again back to the morals, the values, integrity. I, I just I, I I see that as a no brainer. Yeah. You would think it's a no brainer. It's just like these people are great, take care of them and um and you know, be genuinely interested in their livelihood. Like, hey, everything good, like just checking in, mental wellness fine, great, and <laughs> not overworked, need a vacation, what's going on? Yeah. What uh what I wanted to ask you is uh, so like what do you guys have coming up next? Like what's what's on tap? Uh you know, any any new launches or anything, you know, happening with the current venues and, and ventures? What's what's going on? So um we've got some pretty cool stuff coming up. We've we're expanding a whiskey row brand into Denver, Colorado. Nice. Um, love Denver. Denver's like this. It's cool. Colorado in general. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's such a cool city. Uh, it, it's just, it's become so, uh, you know, I don't know what, what the right word is for it, but it's 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 almost historic modern. Yeah. Um, you know, to where you have this great historic town that now all of a sudden has, has this, all this tech 
infrastructure yep. that has been built up in the city and the rents are astronomical <laughs> and the, you know, the <laughs> real estate prices are as off the charts. But the point is that, is that everyone there's making money. Yeah. So, you know, it's become this trendy, hot, good looking town and, and, um, something that's not, you know, built around, you know, marijuana and snowboarding and things like that anymore. Like now it's great to be able to go snowboard and go out an hour out of town and go up to Aspen and right. hang out with, uh, you know, the, all the, all the dogs without leashes walking around <laughs> the town of Aspen that, that have their own planes, their own jets. But, um, you know, the, it's the kind of thing to where you can go to Denver and really have a great experience in a modern city, um, with tons of concerts. Anyways, I'm, I'm digressing, but we're building a whiskey row in Denver. We took over, we partnered with, um, the owners of the Rockies, uh, uh, uh the guys, the Momfort family, a guy named Kenny Momfort, who's great dude. Um, you know, he's the son of the, of the owner of the Rockies and, um, him and his business partners bought some real estate for us and we're doing a whiskey row there and, uh, it's going to be about two stories and about 22,000 mm -hmm. square feet. Oof. I don't want to get <laughs> probably too much into it, but I know we're, we're probably planning, planning, a, uh, some press here pretty soon, but. Um, ultimately, you know, that's, that's the big project we're working on right now. You know, the tenant improvement at this level for these, for these level of projects, uh, for that specific project is around nine or $10 million just for the tenant improvement with not including the land. Um, so it, it's, it's about five restaurants in one project mm. from a cost and operational standpoint. And you know, it's, it's, it's big risk, but it's big reward also. Right. Um, so those are the kinds of projects that I look at these days is, is more, you know, like the whiskey row Nashville, that's four stories and 25,000 square feet. And, you know, does close to $20 million a year in gross revenue. Uh, just the one store that that's the kind of stuff that I think is more indicative of the whiskey row business model. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're, we're concentrating on right now, um, is the growth of the whiskey row brand. And so Denver, and there's a few other markets we're looking looking at right now that are kind of scoped out. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't want to go into that, but name all the markets that you're in. So that way everybody has an idea of what's so, happening here. So right now, <laughs> yeah, right now we're in, uh, Scottsdale in Arizona. We're in Scottsdale, Gilbert, Tempe. That's it. Um, Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Nashville, Tennessee, uh, Chicago, Illinois, um, Denver, Colorado, we're building. And then also we're, I mean, we're looking in heavily in Dallas and uh, Texas right now. So, but there's, uh, there's a, there's a secret project that we're working on right now that I can't really release yet in Scottsdale, another one that's pretty cool. And, um, you know, it, it's going to be kind of game changer for the city of Scottsdale. I feel like it's going to be something that, that, uh, this, the city has been wanting and waiting and, and it's kind of like you build it and they will come kind of type thing. I yeah. feel like, and we we had a part we have a partnership with a developer and owner of the project that who's a a, a great guy and a, a fantastic uh, business operator probably one of the best business operators I've ever seen and I wish I could talk about it but we just haven't released it yet but um, it'll probably be in about the next month or two but 
it's it'll be a game changer for Scottsdale, and we're really proud and excited to be a part of it. So that's cool. That's those a, are kind of the two things I'm working on right now. That's a lot. It's like, um, what what uh, where can everybody find you online? Whether you, I mean, you, your the, the brands. I know there's there's a bunch of them. Yeah, <laughs> there's a bunch of them. So. <laughs> But whatever ones you want to share. So riothospitalitygroup.com. Right. Um, or you can truncate that into riothg.com. So just like you're saying, I mean, kind of have all of our bases covered. Yep. And, um, you know, and that's that's the that's the corporate entity. And then, you know, down the concepts from there, elhefe.com, dirkswhiskeyrow.com, ilovefarmandcraft.com, which is pretty cool. Right. Um, uh, Handcupchophouse.com. Uh, riothousescottsdale.com um, but yeah the the riothospitalitygroup.com website basically is our is kind of our landing page for all of our fun stuff and um, you kind of alluded to um, you know the the community's things that we that we get into yeah. and and we're involved with and that's a big you know that's a big piece of our business at this point is is the community involvement and uh, you know we've got a page on on our Riot HG website that has community involvement of all the things that uh, we've been involved with uh, charity wise and um, over the past, you know, probably 10 years. And the list is pretty extensive. I mean, we really, uh, really work hard to support our community and give back. And um, that's one of the things that Robin is, is very involved in. Uh, she does a fantastic job with, you know, kind of liaising with different communities around the country and, and being involved in all that community give back and things like that. Like one of the great things it was, it was just absolutely tremendous to see was uh heal the hero. Heal the hero was a, was a, or is a business, sorry, not was, but is a business that um, treats uh, veterans with PTSD. Mm-hmm. And so we uh, started a, a partnership with heal the hero to try to, you know, help as many, as many veterans as we could. And we actually did, I think programs for about five different veterans, um, where they got actual real treatment from heal the hero and, uh, the kinds of things that some of these people, some of our, you know, armed forces have dealt with, uh, are just tremendous. And to be able to give that level back was incredible. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, it, it, it's it's really something special to see uh someone that's you know came back from a, a tour in iraq that or you know wherever that isn't sleeping and and having a hard time reassimilating and over the span of you know five six eight months 12 months uh with professional help really get integrated back into real life and and become you know a, a productive person in society and get a job and um, you know, people that have been through some pretty nasty stuff. And, um, it, it was such a, it was, it, it was really, you know, something deep for me to see that. So, you know, having my family kind of been in military service for, for many, many years. And, and, uh, that was something that I was really proud of myself, but we're living through a time where, uh, the more we can assist neurological disorders, mental wellness, totally, you know, disorders, um, it, it does, it, it does hit my heart differently because it, it's, it can be a very tough time we're living in, or it can be a very good time we're living in. It just depends on your access to information and practices and modalities and things that actually really help or, you know, or, or medical care that would, that would assist that. And, um, but it's hard when you're in it, 
yeah. you know, for a lot of people when they're in it, they just don't know. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. well, it's interesting. They, they, they had a, um, they, they had something that I'd never seen before. It was a treatment that did electrical stimulation specifically to different parts of the brain. Mm-hmm. And, um, it would basically balance out the brain waves and it was really, really cool. I actually tried it a few times and I, I noticed a dramatic difference in the way I was sleeping and just kind of my overall edginess and mm-hmm. things like that. It just kind of balanced you out, but mm-hmm. it's not something that just boom, click your, your right. field. Like it's one of those things where you kind of have to get some treatment and then you kind of do the, you know, the therapy and you do the exercise and you know, it's, it's you kind of a work. big, right. Do the work. <laughs> but it was really cool yeah. to see that, like you said, that the, the cognitive therapy has come a long way. Oh yeah. And, um, and I was surprised cause I didn't even know that kind of stuff. I mean, you heard about it, but at the level that they were doing it at was, was incredible. But yeah, no, what, what, what they're able to do now is, is unbelievable. I mean, even, um, like the meditation and, and um, syncing up the EKGs to yeah. your, your brain and, and that's kind of what it was and what like when do you get into theta when do you get into mm-hmm. beta like all of the in the gamma rate like what's what's happening and then um, what's stimulating that at the cellular level I mean it's we're power, we're more powerful than than we realize yeah. but we also have to have the conversation move into the activity of it and totally and then do it and then consistently right so totally. you know as you mentioned all the yeah all the work that comes with it so uh ryan this was awesome man you're you're, you're welcome back on anytime uh um, well, thank you uh as i told robin a long time ago and i tell every guest uh that it's a journey driven podcast so <laughs> you got some time left here <laughs> from, <laughs> from the sound of it you're gonna be going for a while so I if this becomes that. a half yearly thing you know a biannual thing or you know i say every say six months to a year or whatever or shorter or if you have like you know some really cool things coming up you're, yeah. you're welcome back on anytime right. uh we can go on to a whole other set of uh you know topics uh i know you'll never be a short there'll never be a shortage of topics especially yeah. when you're <laughs> doing a million right. things at, at one time um and uh you know just really appreciate having you on i mean we didn't get a chance to talk about the ben affleck versus matt damon you know do you want to no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> or is that round two i don't know I mean, you, tell me. <laughs> you know for a while there i was thinking that matt damon was kind of winning the the you know the ben matt off but the last couple movies i mean ben's really kind of shot back up is he, and you think you think he's making a comeback i i think you know i mean the, the julie days are far behind him so yeah yeah, yeah I, you know i i think uh matt's uh i don't know i think matt's you know the born identity i think just took him to the next yeah you know and he made a run since yeah then. so yeah, yeah i agree uh awesome man. thank you <laughs> thank you for being on the show i appreciate it uh and uh to all of our listeners be sure to check out riot hospitality group.com or riot r-i-o-t-h-g dot com uh and then pretty much uh go there and then you'll find all the social media but you know you'll have whiskey row you'll have uh um uh el jefe you'll have uh hand cut chop house you'll have i mean there's a there's so many of them on there <laughs> so go to riothg.com and check out all the things that they got going on all the different uh, venues and then also if they're in your city uh and uh denver look out because it sounds like they're doing some pretty badass work there and I uh, just appreciate each and every one of you guys for listening. Uh, you know, check out uh, Ryan Hibbert and uh, Ride Hospitality Group. And, uh, you know, for myself, Matt Gottesman, and for the whole Hustle Sold Separately crew, we are out.